Hello, this is Michael Dubin with Living Skills. In our time together in this podcast, I would like to talk about dating. Is there anything more fraught than dating? Dating, part one. Ghosting, mosting, and more. Is there anything more fraught than dating? Some of us really like it. Some of us really don't. Many people like the adventure that dating can be, and adventure can be the most positive experience of it in that sense. The adventure of never knowing who you'll meet, the things you'll experience, the things you'll learn along the way. It can be a lot of fun, and a rush of thrill and excitement and enthusiasm, you feel alive. However, for others of us, dating is nothing but a complete state of botheration. The people who seem to like dating the most are the serial daters. They are always dating someone. Always. Though that person will change with some regularity. Why serial date? Hmm, Perhaps they just don't like being alone, but don't want to be tied down in a relationship. Or they don't like or don't want commitment but they enjoy the relative freedom that dating provides to enjoy someone's company for a bit. And, if and when they get tired of someone after a while, or they're just not interested in taking the relationship to any level of depth or taking it any further, and or they've just run out of stuff to talk about, or maybe the sex has just become routine or boring, then, hey, time to move on. Now, One would think that the serial daters are mostly extroverts. Extroverts do thrive on and derive energy from being around others. They like social engagement. And they are certainly more outgoing and gregarious than us introverts, and for them, dating is fun. However, for some of us introverts, serial dating works really well. Introverts are not all hermits. We like but limit social engagement. So serial dating, dating someone casually over time or different people over time, may meet our socialization needs. Then there are the good folks who just really don't like dating. For some of us, dating is a pain in the foot, and we'd rather just go ahead and get to the relationship part of it and leave the dating part of it behind us. In my blog post and and podcast episode, You Gotta Get a Gimmick, we talked about the pre-husband interview. It is the checklist that they run somebody through to make sure they really are good, solid, potential husband material, because if they're not, then why waste the time, right? So, do they like this movie, this kind of food, this music or that recording artist, this sport, that hobby, this video game? Do they have the right answers about friends, family, politics, kids, religion, places they want to travel? And can they cook? And if it all checks out and it looks good on paper, hey, let's add some bodily fluids, stir, and bingo, we've got a relationship. Other people don't like dating because it is just too much work and mess. 
I don't want to get involved with anybody and their stuff. Just leave me in peace because I don't have the energy or interest or desire or wherewithal to put up with all that. I don't have the time and or the patience to do the work that goes into building a relationship over time. I got my own stuff to deal with, so thank you. No, I just don't need the drama. Now, most of us fall somewhere between those extremes. And as we have found out, humans can display some really bad behavior when it comes to dating. Relationships, whether that relationship is with themselves or with others, are very often what people use to make themselves absolutely flippin' nuts, and then they come for counseling. But I digress. Dating, dating can and does, not always, but can and does cause some really bad behavior. There's some new terms out there about some of these bad behaviors, but in truth, these new buzzwords are really about some very old behaviors. So let's have a look at some of this nonsense, shall we? Let's start with ghosting. We have all been the ghoster as well as the ghostee. Some people want to blame this on social media and dating apps. I think the truth here is that social media and dating apps made it easier for people to communicate with others about the phenomena of ghosting, and thus the knowledge and subsequent conversations about ghosting have become more widespread. But ghosting has certainly been around a lot longer than even the telephone. As long as humans have been physically mobile, the potential hazard of being ghosted has been there. Yes, it is cowardly behavior, and it is irresponsible. It hurts when we are the ghosty, and we have no idea of what we said or did, or didn't say or didn't do, if anything, that caused the disappearance. We get no explanation, no closure. And the truth is that if someone you are dating just suddenly disappears, once that sting wears off, consider yourself well rid of them. Because if someone lacks either the courage or the respect to have a conversation with you before going their merry way without you, it begs the question, why would you want someone that gutless or disrespectful in your life? Relationships need attention and honest communication from the get-go, not just after you've reached some artificial line of demarcation like, well, we're going steady now, so that means we need to start bringing communication into the relationship pronto. No. Also, for someone to not even extend the courtesy or the decency of some form of communication, rather than just discarding you as if you and your feelings don't matter, is not okay. No point in being in any kind of relationship with someone who has no respect for you. If you want some more information about respect, I have written a podcast and a blog post about self-respect. And further, when someone behaves this way, they're telling you something important and not very attractive about themselves. Maybe it is all just a game to them. But my response to those people, if they think dating is all just, you know, a game and anything is okay, my response to you is, if you want to play games, go to the Walmart toy section. There are all kinds of reasons why ghosters will tell themselves as to why it is okay to ghost you. However, if you are the ghoster, I want you to think about what your behavior says about you. Just saying. Mosting. Now, mosting goes on online 
on dating apps, on social media, as well as in person. This can happen from the very start or develop over a relatively short period of time. The person you are potentially interested in starts laying on the compliments. You get all kinds of praise about how you were all that and a bag of chips. Now, this has always been a big red flag for me when I am first meeting someone. When they start in on how hot I am or how nice I am or how much we have in common or all the things they'd like us to do together or whatever. I published a blog post and a podcast entitled Being Liked as a Manipulation. There I focused mostly on the workplace and only touched on personal situations. But whether work or personal, when someone who you have either just met or or are in the process of just getting to know starts laying it on, beware. My take is that they are certainly looking to see if they can convince you to like them. We, and we certainly all need some positive reinforcement from others. But in this case, the reason and the methodology they are using to get you to like them is not truth-based. Truth is they want something from you. It could be attention, sex, to keep them company at night, or go with them to some event, or they want you to do something for them. Or maybe this is just the way they roll. I had a roommate years ago who prided himself on how smart he was because he could manipulate others into doing what he wanted. He felt that if he got away with it, it made him so much smarter than his intended victim because they fell for it, or they appeared to fall for it. But here's the problem. Most people know, either consciously or subconsciously, when they're being manipulated. It just feels icky. You know when you're being manipulated, and you know what they're doing on some level. Now, sometimes we will go along with being manipulated for a minute just to see where they're going with it, right? Or maybe we feel gratified by it as someone is finally seeing how wonderful we truly are. Or we know we're being set up and we decide to walk away. Here again, their behavior tells you a lot about them. Children as young as two or three years old try to manipulate their parents or caregivers into giving them what they want, as they have not yet learned how to ask for what they want. Or, children that young have learned from previous responses that if they are persistent enough, they will eventually get what they want. Have you ever noticed how many times once someone gets what they want, they don't want it anymore? It was important to see if they could if they could actually manipulate you into getting what they want or giving them what they want rather than actually having what it is they say they want. Oh, I've manipulated you into liking me and thinking that I'm worth having a relationship with. Perfect. Got the emotional head I needed. Thanks. Time to go. Next. And then you get ghosted. Compliments, praise, etc. need to be genuine. And when they're coming fast and furious from someone you have just met or from someone you are just getting to know, whether this is happening in person or in cyberspace, as the robot on Lost in Space says, danger, Will Robinson, danger. Ghosting and mosting may also be signs of someone who has trouble with intimacy, vulnerability, trusting love, honesty, communication, etc., 
You know, that, but there's always the temptation to think, well, if I just love them enough, they will see the light and heal or change. You know, that happens a lot in movies, especially. However, relationships are not about saving someone else or healing someone else's problems, because what happens too often is that you often end up sacrificing your own well-being in trying to do just that, heal them. And you can't. The point is that if you are ghosted or mosted, it doesn't really say anything about you at all. It does say a great deal about the person doing it. Your time and attention have great value, and when you give those to someone, hopefully they have the capacity to appreciate the value of what they are being given. So please, don't fret. If someone behaves this way, be grateful that you're finding out about them now, even if it stings in the short run. In dating part two, we're going to talk about uh, being orbited and being submarined. In part three, we're going to talk about holding space and hardballing. And then in part four, we're going to start talking about some things to do to prepare yourself for the adventure of dating. I hope you have found this podcast of use. If you have any questions or comments or want more information about Living Skills, please feel free to email me at livingskillsinc at gmail.com or contact me through my website, www.livingskills.pro. At Living Skills, we offer positive psychology and transpersonal psychology coaching and counseling, spiritual coaching and counseling, and psychological skills and tra- psychological skills training and education. We are especially sensitive to the needs of the LGBTQ community and also the millennial and Gen Z generations. But our services and skills are applicable to and we work with everyone. The COVID pandemic has been hard on all of us. If you need or want someone to talk to, we offer a free 45-minute introductory first session. The Problem with Humans podcast is now available on my site, livingskills.pro, as well as on Buzzsprout, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and Amazon Music, as well as on Overcast, Castro, CastBox, and Podfriend. I hope you enjoyed the podcast and will tell friends and colleagues about it. Please join me again in the future. This is Michael Dubin in Atlanta. Thanks for listening.